morning and welcome to another episode of Before Coffee here with the already awake Raj because I just, you know, don't, I'm glad I don't have to wake him up because then I don't feel so bad about waking him up. <laughs> yeah, my bladder did the work for you. Oh yeah. Thanks, oh, bladder. Yeah. Hey, no problem, man. Well, I've got you on a, I've got you on a pattern now, right? Because I've been waking up for two weeks, so now you're... Your body's like, hey, shouldn't you be going to the bathroom? You're usually doing that. And now I've got you on a pattern. <laughs> it's a month early on, so... Yeah, probably. I, I don't know. We'll see. If I make it through the day without conking out. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it's about 3 o'clock. I'm like, all right, nap time. Let me get home somehow. Yeah. I'm alright. All okay, right. so we'll grab a headline. I'm gonna grab a headline. Okay. Good morning and good afternoon. Today, on Before Coffee, mistakes made in the run-up to the murders of Dirk Wearsome and Peter DeVries, says OVV. Mistakes made. Blinken finds receptive leaders in Central Asia where Russia CT. A drought is already threatening northern Italy. Urgent government consultations are required. Murdoch alleges Fox News posts endorsed election fraud falsehoods. Acknowledges. Did I say acknowledges? And my brain's not working yet. Dozens killed in train crash in northern Greece. A freight train collided with a passenger train at midnight. A number of wagons derailed and caught fire. No, I'm just going to grab the first headline off of Google News. Uh, oh, it's that thing you just grabbed. So. And that and more stuff that I think of off the top of my head on today's Before Coffee. Right, on today's first news story, we have the murder investigation here for Wearsome and P uh, Dirk Wearsome and Peter DeVries. The police and the public prosecution service missed many single signals prior to the murders of brother of the brother of Crown witness Nabil B. B's lawyer, Dirk Wearsome, and his confidant, Peter R. DeFries. The Just Dutch Safety Board, OVV, writes this in a report on the security of the three. According to the OVV, the various, various services involved in surveillance in an investigation work at cross-purposes. As a result, decisions were made on the basis of fragmented information. The surveillance, security, surveillance and security system did not receive all the information available in the investigation of a threat. Authorities should prepare themselves better for threats from organized crime is one of the OVV's recommendations. The standard procedure no longer suffices. The services evolved must be managed centrally and there must be better access to available information 
for authorities responsible for security. Another important lesson is that a key witness deal may only be announced once the security of those involved has been arranged. That was not the case in the run-up to the attack on Rudan B., the brother of the crowned witness. The Bill B.'s family was secured, but other family members were not. Signals from threatened persons themselves were not seen as not were seen as non-concrete, and therefore did not fit into the usual system. Much work was done on the basis of untested assumptions, such as the lawyers were not targeted. Communication also was also difficult between the public prosecution service on one hand and DeVries and B's family on the other. The family made several requests for security, but the OM did not respond. It agreed that cameras would be placed on the roads to Rodon B's company, but that would but that would take a few more days. Two days after the family's last request, B was shot dead in his business in North Amsterdam. Remarkably, shortly after the murder, the OM said that he wanted no or only limited security. So right before he was murdered, he asked, Hey, actually, let's limit the security a little bit. I don't want you guys watching me like a hawk. And then he was shot dead in his own business. After the death of the key witness's brother, the family was under strict security. It was estimated that this was not necessary for Nell B for Nabil B's lawyers. The previous warnings from B, that his lawyer also had to be careful, had not been taken seriously by his lawyers and the public prosecution services, writes the OVV. Several security measures were taken, but on September 18, 2019, lawyer Dirk Weirsom was shot dead in front of his home in Amsterdam, Bouten Verdelt. Bouten Veldert. I don't know why I added R there. So, uh... DeVries was offered security upon arrival and departure by the Public Prosecution Service, but the crime journalist did not always want to share his agenda. Because of his work and private situation, DeVries insisted that he first wanted to see concrete information about the threat against him, but the Public Prosecution Service and the police wanted to protect informants who had provided the information and did not share their information. And hence, two people that are tied to a murder a case have now been murdered. Wow. So, Gotta. Even even the Netherlands has uh, dangerous crime. Yeah, there's humans there. There's humans in, there. Uh, international U.S. diplomacy news: Blinken finds receptive leaders in Central Asia where Russia CK. This is from the New York Times. The U.S. Secretary of State diplomatic mission is part of a broader Biden administration effort to strengthen support for Ukraine, or at least push neutral nations to refrain from aiding Russia. This is a story, the byline is out of, from Edward Wong and Andrew Higgins from Astana, Kazakhstan. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who I call Abe Blinken, came to Central Asia to press his case that he, the region should hold the line against Russian efforts to seek economic aid as Moscow grapples with Western sanctions. Within hours of landing in Asia, the snowdrift capital of Kazakhstan, Astana, sorry, if I said Asia. Within hours of landing in Astana, the snow 
cap capital of Kazakhstan. He received a sign that the United States had some leverage. The Kazakh president stood next to Mr. Lincoln in the Blue Dome presidential palace and thanked the Americans for the support for his nation's independence, territorial integrity, and sovereignty. See, all these people are angling, I think, to become part of NATO, but it may be even the EU eventually. Pre the president, Kazim Jomat Tokiev, love how they can't pronounce anything, has not criticized Russia's war, and neither have leaders of the four other Central Asian nations, former Soviet republics with decades-long ties with Moscow. But his pointed statement suggested that after the invasion of Ukraine, also former Soviet Republic, there was concern that President Vladimir Putin of Russia, who tried to seize parts of their own nations, or encourage separatists. Parts of northern Kazakhstan are inhabited largely by ethnic Russians and viewed by Russian nationalists as territory that should belong to Russia. So there is concern that the Kazakh residents could fall victim to Putin's Putin logic as a duty to protect ethnic kin wherever they are. Because <laughs> yeah. yes, there's Russians everywhere, so we gotta invade. I mean, that's Mr. one of the people, that's one of the reasons a lot of people are anti-immigration, right? Because they think this could happen, right? If we let all the Chinese in, they'll just claim, hey, California belongs to China. Or if we let all the, you know, <laughs> we let all the Mexicans in, they're going to say, hey, Texas belongs to Mexico. It does. It was uh, illegally seized. I'm just yeah, saying. You know, xenophobia. <laughs> Those other people are going to ruin us somehow. Yeah. By being different with their differentness. Mr. Blake, it quickly gave up assurance saying that at a news conference later that the United States was committed partner of the Central Asian nations. Our support of our independence and sovereignty, their territorial integrity is real. His remarks came after a group meeting of four ministers of five Central Asian nations. And uh, let me see if I can get a list of those nations. Okay, here we go. He's been visiting Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan. Uh, probably other countries, but they don't list them. So again, oh, here we go, here we go. Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan. All the stands. The stands. They could call themselves a rock group, Stans. I mean, sadly, most people can't remember all their names, so they do end up just calling them the Stans. They're all right next to each other. Yeah, it's a big block of nation that's freaking. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure uh, Putin has a little map on that, uh, you know, in his bureau or whatever. He's his like, bureau. Look, here's our next their checklist. You know, we need to get on with declaring victory in Kuwait so we, or Kuwait, Ukraine, or Kuwait, wherever they're going next. <laughs> Wherever the Russians are, right? Yeah, That's where they're who gonna knows? Be. There's Russians in Kuwait too, I'm sure, working in oil fields. Uh, anyway, that today's story on that. Bad. All right. Or comment or whatever. Let's talk about the drought in northern Italy. There are images often shared by the Italian media in recent days. Tourists walking on the bottom of Lake Garda. They walk to oh. San Biago, an island in the lake that is generally only accessible by boat. But because the water is now 60 centimeters lower than normal, it can be reached by foot via a sandbank. It's nice for photos, but otherwise very worrying. 
I can't remember when the lake level was ever this low in February, the mayor of Garda sighed. The Italian government is holding emergency consultants today about the drought, which threatens to have devastating consequences, especially in northern Italy for the second year in a row. And here it's been raining for like two months nonstop. Why is the world so unfair? I don't know, I live in Maryland, so you can't tell me about rain. Yeah. <laughs> you better, better start donating your rain to Italy, because they're going to need it. The Po Valley, the area in northern Italy around the river Po, was already hit by the worst drought in 70 years last year. Due to a lack of snow last winter, combined with above average temperatures and a lack of precipitation, Italy's longest river was at a historic low for months. Because little snow has fallen this winter, the prospects for coming months are not very hopeful. In the Alps, there is a snow shortage of 50% comparable to last year. Hmm. The world must be getting warmer, you'd think. Um, <laughs> the situation of Po River is even more worrying, says the climatologist. It will take at least a year for it to go back to normal. Oh yeah, this picture is awful. Maybe I, I'll save it. I'll save it to show the picture. Because it looks very... Very sad. Well, it sounds a lot like uh, situation. Well, Lake Mead's probably filling up now, though, in Las Vegas because all the rain they're getting in California and the Sierra Nevadas. So Lake Mead might be filling up. Yeah. But uh, all the snow, I mean, when it melts, it's gonna fill up. Uh, also, Salt Lake in Utah is drying up. Great Salt Lake, that is drying mm -hmm. up to just a big old mud hole. A big old mud hole. Well, yeah, it doesn't get a lot of fresh water. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, it's a Wait, story. That's not I'm it. Gonna... I want to go over the economic disaster. 40% of okay. Italy's gross domestic product depends directly or indirectly on the water of the Po. Not only crops such as wheat and rice are grown in Fertile River Basin, but also cows that provide milk for Parmesan cheese and the pigs that are possessed in Parma ham. No! There's going to be a Parma ham shortage. This is so sad. No way. Wait, there's a shortage of pigs? Yeah, because there's no water to, yeah, no, to dehydrate, no basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a lot of enough fresh water to fill up their reservoirs. Yeah. According yeah. to the organization, between 6 and 15% of Italians live in areas that are currently exposed to, to severe or extreme doubt. They need to start storing water underground. Work is, is being done, among other things, on plans for large water basins around the Po in which rainwater and meltwater can be stored. The Italian Drinking Water Network is also in urgent need of replacement. More than 30% of water now leaks away before it's even put into the tap. Oh yeah, that's awful. In mid-December, the Italian Climate Change Adaption Plan was also updated, proposing a 360 actions... That's a lot of actions to intervene against droughts, landslides, and floods. So there's no short of plans, but the absence of time to implement them is what is why Italians hope for a rainy spring. All right, that's our story about Ital Italy and its drought. Wow. And the lying news, Fox News is show liars. Rupert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, Murdoch, acknowledges Fox News O's endorsed election fraud falsehoods. Rupert Murdoch, the conservative media mogul, spoke under oath last month in a 1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox. 
Now again, 1.6 will not bankrupt Fox, but we'll get into that in a minute. Rupert Murdoch, chairman of conservative media empire that owns Fox News, acknowledged in a disposition, sorry, move my camera, that several hosts for his network promoted the false narrative that the 2020 election was stolen from former President Trump and that he could have stopped it, but didn't. Court documents released in Monday's show. They endorsed, Mr. Murdoch said under oath, in response to direct questions about the Fox host, so was Sean Hannity, liar. Jeannie Pirro, Lou Dobbs, and Maria Bar Bartiromo, Bartiromo, liar, liar, liar. According to the legal filing of Dominion Voting Systems, I would have liked us to be a stronger in denouncing it in hindsight, denouncing it. It was completely false, denouncing it. He should have had it on TV in the first place. Anyway, he added he was also disclosing that he was always dubious of Mr. Trump's lame widespread of voter fraud. Well, good for you, you were dubious about it. Everybody with a brain knew he was full of shit and lying. I was dubious about it. Oh my God, this fucking, this guy. Asked whether he doubted Mr. Trump, Mr. Murdoch responded, yes, I mean, we thought everything was on the up and up. At the same time, he rejected the accusation that Fox News the whole, as a whole had endorsed the stolen election narrative. Not Fox, he said, no, not Fox. Mr. Mr. Murdoch's remarks were made last month as part of the Minions 1.6 defamation against Fox. Added to the evidence that Dominion has accumulated, it tries to prove a central allegation. People were in the country's most popular news network, and yeah. let's stop calling it a news network. It's not news. Entertainment it's lies. Network. It's basically propaganda for one party. It's not news. Stop pretending it's news. Mr. Trump's claims were voter fraud in the 2020 election were false. Progress in many ways in reckless pursuit of ratings and profit. Exactly. Proof to the effect would help Dominion clear the high level of bar set by the Supreme Court for defamation case. To prevail, Dominion must show not only Fox broadcast false information, but did that knowingly. They've already showed that, dude. I don't even know what the hell they're even going to. I mean, they basically got the text messages from them. Yeah. The, di the difference to me, the only difference to me is uh, not that they're going to be found guilty, is if the judge and the jury are going to put punitive damages on top of what Dominion is suing for. Punitive yeah. damage are different than compensatory damages. The jury can say, you know, Fox, you damaged a lot of people. Here's a $150 billion punitive damage judgment against you. Have fun. And then they put some out of business. That's what we can only hope for. Because Fox News is poison. It is just pure poison. It is poison to the dialogue. They report things that aren't true. They know they're not true. They stick with reporting that they're true. They're not even reporting on this court case. If you watch Fox News, you do not know this court case is going on at all. So their viewers are going to be clueless. They're still going to believe all the crap they spew. Their only solution is just pull them off TV completely, just like Canada did. And uh, you want to tell lies, go tell them on YouTube like everybody else. Not on, on a news network, yeah. 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 Uh, lawyers for Fox, which filed a response to me in court, argued that the commentary reporting after the election did not amount to defamation because its host had not endorsed the falsehoods about Dominion. Even if Mr. Murdoch stated otherwise. So again, their defense is, well, we're just reporting the news. No, 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 that's not exactly what you were doing. 
you are pushing a narrative. And that's yeah. obvious. You are pushing a narrative that's not reporting the news. Silly, 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 silly criminals. And again, Rupert Murdoch is an American. He has no no stake. Oh, he's a he's a naturalized American because he's rich and he can afford to do that. But <sighs> other than that, he's an Australian. He ruined the frickin' media in England where he was there, and he's ruined the media in America completely, totally. And people just think it's one side against the other instead of the actual news. He's completely poisoned every dialogue in America. He's a horrible, horrible man. He's in his 90s, and he's still messing with her. You know, yeah. our dialogue. He's a horrible, horrible person in every way. All right, go ahead, your turn. All right. Now to cover the dozens killed in the train crash in northern Greece. Two trains glided head-on in northern Greece, causing four wagons to derail. 36 people died and more than 80 people were injured, some of them seriously injured. The passenger train was en route from the capital Athens to Thessa... Thessa... Here we go. Thessaloniki when the vehicle collided with a freight train around midnight that happened near the city of Larissa, about 380 kilometers north of Athens. Rescuers spent all night trying to pull people out of the wreckage. Rescue work continues this morning. Emergency services are massively present, and the army has been called in. According to passengers who survived the accident, the impact threw several travelers through the windows of the carriages. One of the survivors tells local media that the train breaks sharply just before the accident and that he also saw sparks. The teenager eventually managed to escape the train by smashing a window with his suitcase. Some of the derailed, derailed wagons have almost been completely destroyed by fire. About 250 passengers left the train unharmed. They were taken to Thessaloniki by bus. According to the Greek authorities, there were many students on the train. The section between Athens and Thessaloniki is Greece's two large cities, is the busiest stretch of rail in the country. Wow, that what a what a bonehead make, like move. Yeah. You know, it's the busiest train line, and somehow you there's a freight train at the same time as a commute a commute train going opposite directions. Yeah, I hate to think about crap like that, considering we were just in Greece a couple months ago. Yeah. But I mean, it reminds me of the. Yeah. Reminds me of the the episode of Breaking Bad. You know, oh, one guy causes two planes to crash into each other. You know, it's yeah, crazy it how purpose. much how much power you have to really mess things up when you all you have to do is say, "A train," you know, stop at the nearest crossing because there's another train coming. You know, that's Simple something happened with the switch. Yeah. Yeah. According to news channel Sky, the first signal points to human nature, human error. The two railway employees responsible for the section where where the accident happened had been questioned by the police. Rail route between Athens and Thessaloniki has been operated by Italy's national railway company since 2017. In that year, he bought the ailing Greek company Hellenic Hellenic Train. Since there, major trains have ma been made. To the Greek train network, which was in an urgent need of modernization. But railway employees tell Greek media that there were nevertheless many problems with, among other things, the electronic coordination of traffic control. Nothing works, says Costa 
Genudias. Oh man. Genidunas, president of the driver's union, in response to the accident. Otherwise, the drivers would have seen the red signal and the trains would have stopped 500 meters apart. At the public broadcast to ERT, Denidoanius says that the driver have to have to had been every oh, the drivers have to do everything manually and that they have repeatedly complained about this. Just like before, we drive from one part of the route to another via the radio system. The information is passed from station master to station master. So they're still they're still driving trains like the eighteen hundreds, basically. Damn, that is just sad. And and human error, of course. Well that's oh. what uh in the United States we said, you know, we had that we had a chemical crash and of course the National Transportation Safety Board came out and said, you know, if we had human inspections instead of just uh, technical, you know, machines that break down and and sometimes fail, if we had human inspections as a backup for all the wheelbarrows, we would have this crash, but deregulation, get rid of that. Of course, the other side, the people who caused the deregulation are blaming Oak culture. I just want to just, I just want to scream sometimes. I, what? 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 I'm like, what? A plane, a train crash is caused by woke culture, they say. I'm like, huh? Ow! Oh. Come on. People are just suckers in this country, I swear. Okay, your history. We're back to checking out our original seven black congressmen. And today we're gonna to talk about Hiram Rhodes. Rivels. And this is this guy right there. It's a guy right on the edge there. Him right there, see him? This guy, little Hiram. He's from Mississippi. Our first Mississippi checking in. <laughs> A free man his entire life, Hiram Rhodes Riddles was the first African-American to serve in U.S. Congress. Why does it say he was a third when he, the first one he was a third? This is very confusing. All right. <laughs> With his moderate political orientation, oracle skills falling from years to the preacher, Rebels fired a vacant Filled a vacant seat in the United States Senate in 1870, just before the Senate agreed to admit a black man to its ranks. On February 25th, Republican Senator Charles Sumner of Massachusetts sized up the importance of the moment. All men are created equal, says the Great Declaration, Sumner remarked. And now a great act attests to this verity. Today we make declaration a reality. The Declaration was only half established by independence. The greatest duty remained behind in assuring the equal rights of all we complete the work. Hiram Rhodes was born to free parents in Fayetteville, North Carolina, September 27, 1827. His father worked as a Baptist preacher. His mother was of Scottish descent. He claimed his ancestors as far back as my knowledge extends. So this, this might be related to a Scottish guy. In addition to his Scottish background, he was rumored to be mixed African and Croatian. I'm Cro Croat Croatian Indian lineage. In an era where educating 
black children was illegal in North Carolina. Rebels attended a school taught by a free black woman and worked a few years as a barber. In 1844, he moved north to complete his education. Rebels attended the Beach Grove Quaker Seminary in Liberty, Indiana, and Drake County Seminary for black students in Ohio. In 1845, Rebels was ordained an African Methodist Episcopal AME Church. His first pastorate was likely in Richmond, Indiana, where he was elected as an elder to the AME Conference in 1849. In the early 1850s, Rebels married Phoebe A. Bass, a free black woman from Ohio. They had six children. When the Civil War broke out, in 1860, rebels helped recruit two black regiments from Maryland. In 1862, when black soldiers were permitted to fight, he served as a chaplain for the black regiment in campaigns of Vicksburg, Jackson, Mississippi. In 1863, rebels returned to St. Louis, where he established a freedman's school. At the end of the hostilities, rebels searched and served in a church in Leavenworth, Kansas. While traveling Kansas, rebels and his family were asked to sit in a smoking car rather than a car for first-class ticket holders protested that the language in the smoking car was too coarse for his wife and children, and the conductor finally relented. Rentals, rebels served in churches in Louisville, Kentucky, New Orleans, Louisiana, before settling in Natchez, Mississippi in 1866. Before the Civil War, fewer than 1,000 free black men in Mississippi had access to basic education, thus leadership from freedom such as rebels became vital in the Republican Party for rallying new electorate in the post four years. Oh, let's go to post-war. Uh, Private test. He was elected. primary task of new elected Congress was to fill U.S. Senate seats. In 1861, Democrat Albert Brown and future Confederate Jefferson Davis both vacated their Mississippi U.S. Senate seats when they states seceded from the Union. When their terms expired in 1865 and 1863, respectively, their seats were not filled and remained vacant. In 1870, the new Mississippi state legislator wished to elect a black man to fill the remainder of one term due to expire in 1871 for the seat once held by Brown but was determined to fill another unexpired term in 1875 with a white candidate. Black legislators agreed to the deal, believing that rebels recalled that an election of their own would be a weakening blow against the color line prejudice. The Democratic minority also endorsed the plan, hoping a black senator would seriously damage the Republican Party. That's interesting. After three days of seven ballots on January 20th, 1877, the Mississippi State Legislature voted 85 to 15 to see higher rebels in Brown's former Senate So he was chosen by the legislature, not by a vote, which is very interesting. But it was a compromise because he could hold his soul in his seat until they could fill it with a white guy. Rebels arrived in Washington in 1870, but got, could not present his credentials into Mississippi was readmitted to the United States on February 23rd. Senate Republicans were sought to swear in rebels immediately afterwards. But Senate Democrats were determined to block the effort. Led by Garrett Davis of Kentucky and Willard Salisbury of Delaware, the Democrats claimed rebels' election was null and void, arguing that Mississippi was under military rule and lacked civil government to confirm his election. Others claim well, Rebels is not a U.S. citizen until the passage of the 14th Amendment in 1868, therefore ineligible to become a U.S. Senator. Oh my God. Senator Republicans 
Rally to his defense, though. Rebels will not fill. The rebels would not fill Davis' seat, the symbolism of a black man admission to the Senate after the departure of former president of the Confederacy was not lost on the Republicans. And uh, let's let's get to the died with stroke in Aberdeen, Mississippi in 1901 while attending a, a religious conference. Rebels retired in 1882 and returned to his former church in Holly Springs. He remained active in the religious community, teaching theology at Charlotte University in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And that's the history of Hiram Rhodes Rebels, the third recognized American black congressman. You know, apparently he was the first because of a compromise, but he was the not popularly elected, so. All right. Well, well, I'll do this really quick because we're running out of time. But Go on. For immediate news, Justin Bieber has canceled his world tour. 20-year-old has already postponed his planned concerts last month until further notice due to health problems. It's his birthday. Uh, the reason for this has not been disclosed. The singer has not yet issued a statement, but all tickets on Ticketmaster have been refunded. The tour was actually planned for 2020, but then the corona pandemic threw a spanner in the works. Last September, the artist suffered from the Ramsey Hunt syndrome, a nerve infection caused by shingles. He recovered from this Whoa. and stood on a podium a few times, but then took another break due to fatigue. It is not clear whether the cancellation of the concerts has anything to do with this. Bieber scored his hits with What Do You Mean, Sorry, and Peaches, among others. Last month, he was in news when he sold his music rights for another $180 million to the British investment company Hypnosis Songs. That's crazy. All right. And this 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 day in history, of course, I get you right as you're drinking water. <laughs> yeah, this day in history, Justin Bieber was born. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, also, Ron Howard was born in 1954. Oh, I had no idea he was, had such a, birth, a birthday such so close to me. He was born a few days after me. Yeah, he's already died of shingles, apparently. <laughs> we don't die from that, but damn, it's, it's herpes, basically. It's a form of uh, chicken pox. Yeah. And so that's way too young to be. Yeah, that's the kind of crap I get, and I'm like, well, I'm checking out. I'm breaking yeah. up these little, you know, whatever. They have, they have a shot for that. Why doesn't he get the vaccine? Uh, they actually have a shot. Anyway. I haven't gotten it, but I will. Uh, so, uh, and also this day in history, um, Yellowstone Park was established as the world's first national park in 1872 by President Ulysses X. Grant. The Peace Corps was established from John F. Kennedy in 1961. And... After five years of construction, the Hoover Dam on the Colorado River is complete. 1936. And that's the way it was. That has been Allison from Europe talking about tragic droughts and train crashes. Roger. Totally grabbing stories at random as I woke up this morning. 
Hope to see you tomorrow for some more exhilarating news. Uh, have a good afternoon and morning wherever you are. See you next time. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons. And follow our other channels. Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records.